everyone. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And oh my god, do we have so much to get through. Just we do. So much. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's 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 September 10th, so it means we're um, on day two of D23, and the studio's panel with Lucasfilm, um, Fox, and Marvel just happened. So we have to wait until that panel finished before we record it, because a lot happened. Yeah, well, because at first it started off with you saying, like, we need to wait till they're done with Lucasfilm. And then Marvel started immediately. And I was like, well, like, what if there's Loki stuff? Like, let's wait for Loki. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But it's good that it did, because normally we record and then, like, the next day all the news drops. Yeah, so. but I mean, the Parks panel is still tomorrow. The Percy Jackson panel is still happening today. I definitely think that they're going to add, like, Mandalorian planets to Star Tours. That's my thought. I'd be into that. I'd be into that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would yeah. say, like, as much as I wish we could also talk about the Percy Jackson panel, I feel like that would be, like, a show in and of itself. Just knowing me, personally. <laughs> So let's start off with our recommendations before we get into all of the craziness that's happening at D23. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about Princess and the Scoundrel. This was always going to be our Princess and the Scoundrel episode. <laughs> um, we've just got some news, too. Um, but for recommendations, so we've been watching She-Hulk, Rings of Power. I watched all of Cars on the Road. Alex is trying to savor it. <laughs> Where do we want to start? Um, let's start with Cars on the Road. Okay. So I watched the whole thing. I watched one one episode. <laughs> I listen, like each episode it says that they're ten minutes. They're not. They're like seven minutes, and then it, there's so much credits. So like I just kept watching and I couldn't stop. It's, well, like it's like a TV movie basically, all the shorts together. It, it is. It is. Um listen. So like Alex watched the first episode, she's messaging me and she's like, I have so many questions about the Cars universe now. And like I agree. I watched seven minutes, and yeah, I was like, I have minutes. a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. Well, because there we see children that are cars. We see yeah. that there the dinosaurs actually were cars, and they they took place fifty million years ago, and like modern cars evolved. So there's a car evolution happening. Yeah. Well, the cars, the dinosaur cars, have rocks as wheels. Yeah. Like, it was um, truly the, a stone the, age. The whole, the whole question is, where do fossil fuels come from, right? Like, do did the di- did the car dinosaurs, they have bones? Do all of the dinosaurs have bones? And not I, dinosaurs, cars. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what's, what's happening. And have, obviously, like, yeah, there were, I think they there were Neanderthal cars. Because Mater and Lightning had the Neanderthal forehead. Yeah. <laughs> so that implies that the car brain has evolved. Yes. <laughs> and then, okay, but see, then we get into episode two, and it is implied that car blood is antifreeze. And then, obviously, there was no, like, in inventing the wheel. Because yeah, the, the wheel, wheel was just, just always there. I the wheel so was questions. made by God. Which there is a car god. I mean, we already know about the car pope, but it's also confirmed in the show that there is a Christian car heaven and hell. (laughs) 
So like my current working theory is that we had the world as we know it full of humans. I have two theories. So this is the first theory, the world full of humans. We invented, you know, these sentient robots. Something happened and the humans all got wiped out. And so then the cars had to like build themselves. And so like they basically started over, you know, that's that's one theory. The other theory is that Cars really is part of the multiverse of madness of Marvel. And this is a universe where everything is a car. <laughs> because, Alex, mm. even the aliens are cars. Yeah, I think, I think it would be really cool if they were part of the multiverse. I would imagine America Chavez, like, going through the multiverse and in one of them she's a car. Yeah. That's all I would need. Like, But, like, what does that mean for Owen Wilson? Well, it's a multiverse. That means in that universe, Owen Wilson is a race car. But then, but in the MCU, like, in Earth 616, no. Th- wait, yeah, he's Mobius. So Mobius is Lightning McQueen in another universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, like, okay, so, like, the second episode is, like, probably my favorite. It's, like, Haunted Mansion and also The Shining. Oh and, like, there's so many Shining references in it. Like, they write Red Rum, which is murder backwards, yeah. but they do race car, which is race <laughs> car backwards. Wait, really? <laughs> yes, it's a palindrome. Oh, my God. I just. It's so funny. And like That's really funny. Okay, okay. There, oh there's my this God. episode where they, they like go camping and they meet these like cryptid hunters and they say Mothman and Bigfoot, but I'm like, there are no men. There are no feet. <laughs> where did this there come no from? Feet. There are no feet. And that's when aliens are also <laughs> introduced and they know the little green men. And I'm like, what? But they look like cars. There's like a whole episode where all they do, like Lightning's like, I gotta make a pit stop. Like he's gotta go empty his oil tank or whatever cars do. And he goes into the bathroom and Mater's outside and he's like, I wanna be a truck. And all these trucks surround him and they start going, truck, 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 truck. And they sing a song about being a truck. incredible it sounds like this like sounds better than all three cars movies like honestly (laughs) it's like they overheard us at disney and we're like let's make it worse they like went into our brain and was like we're making this for these two grown-ass women yeah this was made specifically for us like, and listen, I don't know how many of our listener, listeners are chronically online, but there's a song that is so similar to the Seabat song, and it's in multiple episodes. I, yeah, I mean, I know what Seabat is now, but I was, like, in the woods for the weekend <laughs> that it became popular, so I came back and everyone was making TikToks to that music, and I was just like, okay, like, What? <laughs> <laughs> you messaged me and you were like, "That's what this is about." <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 real. Like, this is the first time that I guess I've been on TikTok that that's really happened because, like, 
I mean, I joined TikTok in the pandemic. I haven't really, I haven't been like offline. Yeah, we we saw the birth of a trend while so you were in the woods I, for like a I day. I come back and I'm like, what did I miss? Like <laughs> the internet moves fast. I mean, just this week we had that. We had Leah Michelle as Funny Girl. The Queen died. Don't worry, darling. Yeah, Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. So what's your take? Do you think that Harry really spat on him? <laughs> I, like, okay, so, like, here's the thing. Like, I, I look at that, and I'm like, it really looks like he spit on Chris Pine. But then I saw this TikTok where they're like, Harry never acknowledges any rumors. Like, you know, he and Taylor Swift committed vehicular manslaughter. He's secretly bald. But the second somebody's <laughs> like, he spit on Chris Pine, he's like, no, I did not. So. Yeah. Well, the other question is, if he did spit on him, what was the intention of the spit? Was it <laughs> malicious or was there, is there some sort of relationship involved? <laughs> I don't know. Like. <laughs> Don't worry, darling. Everything like th- this week for the internet truly was just so much. Yeah, just so much. But to bring it back to cars, like, listen, Alex, you haven't lived until you have seen the last episode with Mater's sister. The wedding. The wedding. Listen, I have so many questions. So many, and I do not want to spoil it for you. Was it a what is Mater's family religious? Like, was it like a religious, like a Catholic ceremony? I'm well, no, but like there was like an officiant, but like he ends up like quitting for like reasons. Um, and you'll never believe who actually ends up officiating the wedding. Okay, like you'll never guess in a million years who officiates the wedding. Okay, <laughs> you'll never believe. Who's marrying his sister? Like, it's just too much. <laughs> it's too much. It's it's so, so much. I, like, I, I really think, like, the second episode and then the truck cult were, like, my favorites. It's just, wow. A Sounds sight to behold. It's cinema. Good. It's cinema. Cinema. Should have been on the big screen. Should have been on the big screen. Man, if they would just like super cut all of these and show them on the big screen, like I would give you my money, Disney. I would. <laughs> so let's talk about She-Hulk a little bit because that's been coming out steadily. I don't know if we've talked about it much yet on the show. No, I, I well, I don't think we've recorded since She-Hulk came out because we kind of recorded our last episode like in advance before mm-hmm. we released it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've talked about it. Um, I think maybe we did the maybe first the, episode. The first episode. Yeah. So I think the show is really funny. It's um, definitely, like, a different vibe. And I, I think that's been the whole MCU thing lately is that everything feels different. Like, you look at Miss Marvel, and that's very much, like, a high school show like it like falls in line kind of with um you know like sex education there's um never have I ever like there's been like this big like renaissance of high school television and it kind of feels like it fits in that niche and then we have She-Hulk and 
she's like talking the camera like Fleabag, like she's it's like a sitcom kind of, and it and it's a total different thing where like for you know how many how many years has the MC been going like fifteen? Um, we've gotten very specific action heavy plot driven films, and now we're getting all over the place. Yeah, I I kind of I agree with She Hulk. Like, it's not my favorite, but I do like it um, compared to like other Marvel shows. And I like I agree with you about it being like a sitcom. And I think with Marvel, it it's such a fun opportunity to be like you know, superheroes are such like a mainstream thing by now in the Marvel universe. So the fact that like she's she's She Hulk, but like. She it, it's about her being a lawyer and like yeah, being a I woman. Love, I love the lawyer scenes. I do too. <laughs> like so I I like that that's the crux of it. It's not like, oh, I have a big villain to fight. It's like yeah. Wong showing up with a cease and desist from a magician, you know? <laughs> like Oh my gosh. And Wong, like I love Wong. I love I, Wong. Oh man. I <laughs> I would watch a whole like sitcom show about Wong. Yeah. Like the and office, like, but it's Carmitage or whatever. Like oh stop. That's such a good idea. <laughs> like I would be really into that. That would be really funny. <laughs> like even if they, they pitched it as like, you know, like a one season thing that they were just gonna do, like that would be really funny. I just, like, he has such the perfect, like, mannerisms for, like, looking his, directly in into the camera. Like, it's, camera. like, the draw. It's, like, the dry humor. Yeah. Oh, man. Him and then Madison with two ins and one Y. Yeah. But it's not she what would you be, think. She would be, like, the number two on that show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, like, the end credit scene where she's just, like, we're going to find you a place with bottomless gin and tonic. Like. I love them. Okay, so listen, she, like, I've she been, needs to show up in other things. She has oh, hundred percent. So like, I've been rewatching Shit's Creek, and they are giving David and Alexis. That's so true. <laughs> that, that that that's like that's she's she definitely gives Alexis. Yeah, they're that's, Wong, they're giving Wong and David. Mm, like, mm, I don't know, a little bit. He, I feel like. After he's hung out with Madison a couple more times, like he will he's be gonna a David. He's gonna be David. He's gonna yeah. be a David. Yeah, that's where it, that's his like she, trage- trajectory. She brings, she brings out his true Davidness. Like yes, okay. Like she's yeah. gonna take him clubbing. Like it's just I'm here for that. I am very yeah. here for that. Can we talk about how? Uh, Dan Levi, though, is going to be in the Haunted Mansion movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's been, like, the best news that has come out so far. Like, I... Yeah. The more I hear about the yes. Haunted Mansion movie, the more I'm, like, I'm I'm so into it. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis is true. We know Owen yeah. Wilson. And she came out in a Doom buggy. Like... Her reveal was so good. They had the Doom buggy facing the other way, and they are like, oh, we have, like, a big screen queen joining our cast and then they <laughs> turn the buggy around and she was like, hey. That's so, so funny. Cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's so, I'm excited for that. I, I did forget about Rosario Dawson though. <laughs> I sure did. Mm. But yeah, no, he's amazing. Isn't he going to be in something else too? 
Yeah, sex, sex education. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be so cute. think he's going to be a college professor? But our last recommendation is Rings of Power, which is a Lord of the Rings show. And, like, listen, I wouldn't call either one of us specifically a Lord of the Rings girly, but, like, the way I am obsessed with this show. I, I will say this as a, a used-to-be Lord of the Rings girly. Like, when I was young... When I was like like eight, nine, ten, like my friends that lived two streets behind me, we'd watch Lord of the Rings all the time, all the time, because that was during the Orlando Bloom era. Like, oh, true, true, true. Yeah, and like we would watch the animated version of The Hobbit all the time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I'll say, like, I don't know much about the war, but I definitely would watch those movies like all the time when I was a kid. So. Yeah. It's really nice coming back to it. I mean, I did see all the Hobbit movies when they were in theaters, but um, wasn't really invested in it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this show is stunning. Like, it is absolutely stunning. And I mean, what, they put a billion dollars into this show? It's like the most expensive show like ever made or something. And I mean, it, it's yeah. paying off. Like, it, it looks it's like definitely... It, 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 like, visually, it looks better than most movies. Yeah. Like, on the big screen. Like, it, it honestly looks better than anything Marvel's made. <laughs> so, Honestly, like, like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I watched Lord of the Rings, like, with my dad. Like, he kind of got me into it, but I was never, like, super invested in, like, the lore or anything. But, like, watching this show, and I think it's, like, the second episode where they go to that, like, dwarf city. And That's my favorite. I'm, that was my favorite part. Yeah, well, I, like, I turned to my mom, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is the city that was in ruins, like, yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's so good. And, like, oh, uh, I am a map girl. Anytime <laughs> they zoom out and show that map. Oh my god! <laughs> they I are doing the map. map thing. They are doing the map thing. I there love are a map. Wonderful characters in this. There's oh, like man. very recognizable characters, and then there's some new characters. Mm-hmm. Everyone is so interesting. There's ships. Um, there's there good are ships. ships. So do you want to talk about your favorite ship? Yeah, it's uh, oh, what's the man's name? Halbrand. Yes, him and Galadriel. Like yes. <laughs> oh my god. The second but they like, were on that boat, I was looking and then he dove in after her and I was like, oh, it's over for me. Yeah. I like they're doomed though. Like oh, they're 100%. They know they they're are. They're doomed. I love me some doomed lovers. Angst. It's 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 going to be angsty. <laughs> like I remember so like I I haven't watched the third episode Alex has but I remember like after the first episode everybody's talking about cuz there's like an elven man and a human woman and they're like oh my god the tension blah, blah blah and like they're cute like I do like them they are cute but then like I was watching the second episode and I was like why are we not talking about this Yeah <laughs> this and then is there's that also good soup. <laughs> from what I understand there is a reference in the movies that is like they refer to a couple like an elf and a human and it didn't work out. Oh. Like something went wrong. I love it. <laughs> so who it. are they talking who are they talking about? Well, it, like it could be either. <laughs> like it could be either. Like Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm so here for it. Like the 
Galadriel, like, I remember never really caring for her much in the movies because she's, I don't know, like, when movies like, when movies like Lord of the Ring came out, like, women were not amazing. You know, like, they aren't, like, what they are now. Like, it's not super modern. So, like, I was never super invested in her. But, like, yeah. the second she started in this show, I'm like, I'm here for you. I stand you. Like, this is amazing. Like, I'm yeah, very into it. same. Hard same. I... I'm just, like, I'm so delighted by how deep, like, character building they're doing Mm -hmm. and world world building. Um, The actors are doing a really, really good job. And I love, listen, Lucasfilm would not have done it like this. (laughs) They would have CG'd everyone. Yep. Yep, they to make sure them look younger. Like, Kate Blanchett would have, it would have been a CG Kate Blanchett. Yeah, no. I, I like, I, you know, and this is the thing, like, in D23, like, they just talked about, like, we didn't get to see the Indiana Jones footage, but they did show some. And people were saying that there's, like, a de-aged Harrison Ford. And, like, my first thought was, like, why didn't they just recast Alden again? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like... I, I just wish Lucasfilm would get on with recasting young mm-hmm. actors. I also have to think, though, like, when they say de-age, does that mean Mark Hamill in Mando? Or does that mean, like, just, like, a lot of makeup and a little bit of digital enhancing? Like, is it going to look like it's Harrison Ford or is it going to look like an animated character? Right, yeah, like, is this gonna be, like, some kind of, like, yeah. super deep fake, very odd, or is it gonna, like, make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. I guess it depends. Know, if they're if they're de-aging him to look like he did in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, then that's just makeup, probably. Yeah, that's not, that's not a stretch. Because, you yeah. know, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp did a good job, not Ant-Man and the Wasp, the first Ant-Man did a good yeah. job of de-aging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you Guardians know, the um... Too. Guardians of the Galaxy, Miss um, Captain Marvel did like the de aging and all that, and like it looked well, fine. The MCU obviously does it differently. Obviously, than <laughs> obviously. so that's why I'm wondering. Like, this is a Lucasfilm property, but is it being run the same way as Star Wars? I don't I'm know. Sure, to be seen. We haven't we seen. Will, we yeah, to be seen because Willow is going to be the first. Yeah, Willow's going to be the first non. Star Wars title under the Lucasfilm banner since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Yes. And it looks... Am I right? I'm, I'm right. That's right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you're okay. right. You're right. Yeah. Because Indiana Jones is next year, and that's the other property. Mm-hmm. And well, it they, just... Yeah. Oh, man. Strange, it looks so good. Strange, strange Magic was kind of during the transition. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that was, that was George Lucas, like he yeah. did that like i I, well, I don't know if george Disney, Disney didn't some, have any say in that <laughs> yeah well they well they did say that george is somehow involved in this new indie movie yes they did they did they did yeah i mean we we kind of left rings of power i last thing i'll say about rings of power i love i love it it's I so really good enjoy everybody I, should watch I, it i, I I love Elrond. And Shannon hates Elrond. I hate this him. is like our just. This is our just. Alex, moment. I do not listen. I do not think. I do not condone his actions. You know where his arc is going, Alex. <laughs> I know. I you know love, where it's going. 
I don't know what it is about the actor who plays <laughs> young Elrond. Like, I'm, like, frothing. Like, I like I saw photos of him, like, when it when they released the photos, and I was like, no, I don't I don't like this dude. Like, he's, he's like a weasel, and then weasel-y as little soon man. As, as soon as he, like, I started, I saw him in, like, movement, like, in the episode, I was like, no, I'm done. I, <sighs> this is my man. <laughs> He, so sorry, Alex. He gives me the ick. But he was doing the like thing with the axe, with the dwarves, the whole dwarf part, like him trying to get the dwarves on his side. Like I was like, he's so charismatic. You know, he's giving me like slimy, evil vibes because that's where his arc is going. <laughs> it ends with him in the lava. I'm, ugh. <laughs> Like I, I'm owning up. To, I'm owning up to the fact that I love him, but which is fine. Like, l- listen, Alex. You know, like we can't all be perfect. <laughs> so I, I would, yeah. Everybody needs to watch it. I will say before we move into D twenty three, everybody's also been watching House of the Dragon, and I am like so close to actually watching House of the Dragon, and I hate myself for it. House of Dragon. I'm. Tempted. But I'm also like, remember how good Rings of Power is? Nobody's getting assaulted every two seconds. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is the Rings of Power, you don't have to worry about the violence as much. You're like, yeah. well, I'm not going to see anything that's going to make my stomach turn. Like, I'm just enjoying this fantasy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Let's talk about D23. Real quick, we did get a piece of news that has nothing to do with D23, and that is Jedi Battle Scars, the book. Battle Scars. Battle Scars. Uh, we are getting Jedi Fallen Order book, finally. And wow. it's going to have Marin in it. It's going to have everybody in it. It's by Sam Mag. Well, I am looking okay. forward. I am I am nervous, but I am looking forward. Yeah. I, Okay. So this is going to take place before the second game. And we know that the second game that um, Cal is separated from the whole Mantis crew. So that means that we are going to find out in this book why Why? they are separated. Yes. Like nervous. Nervous energy. Heavy. (laughs) Like what a heavy story to tell, I think. Yeah. Like, part of me is, like, really trying not to, like, hype this book up for myself too much because, like, I'm already, like, this is going to be the next Inferno Squad book. Well, that's That book was so good. It's, like, I really would have liked it if they were giving it to Christine Golden. (laughs) I know. I know. Christine Golden, because Christine Golden writes a lot of video game tie-ins. Like, she doesn't only do it for Star Wars. Um... Yeah, I would. I, I, I'm excited. I think that just if it was Christy, I would be less nervous. But I think it'll. I think I. I want to give Sam Mags a shot. Yeah, I. I, I want to. I want to give him a shot. I think you know. I think it'll be fine. But time will tell. We'll. We'll find out. But it, it's coming out like right 
before the game too. It's like a lead up to the game. So yeah. we've got a, a little ways to go. So the first thing I have in here for D23, I mean, there's a ton of D23 news that we got yesterday with Pixar and everything. But the first thing I have in here for today is that we got a final trailer for Andor. We are so close to the release of Andor. So close. We are, how many days? It's 10 today. It's coming out the 21st, 11 days. Yeah, so we have, it's not this week, it's next week. Yeah. Like, wow. Three episodes. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is I'm not going to watch three episodes before I go to work. We're not going to stay off the internet. I know. Like, it's just, it's not going to go over well. It's not conducive. It is not conducive for the fans, Lucasfilm. No, it's really not. I would preferably like... A Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. release. Yes. What is that? Is it a midnight release? Yeah. Because I will. I'm like, maybe I'll watch one and then watch the rest when I get home. But then, like, I'll want to start it over. And, like, I have no idea. Well, I think just. I don't know. Maybe I won't watch any and just stay off Twitter. Yeah, I think that might be, like, the play. And, like, for me, it's not hard for me to stay off Twitter because, like, I'm so busy all day. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's doable, but I'm, I just, I want to watch it. Like, I'm looking at our Andor poster, like, on my wall, and, like, I just, I'm so ready. The, the final trailer looks so good. Like, this is the Star Wars that, like, we've all been waiting for, I feel. Yeah. This... Yeah, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. 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 Oh, Tales of the Jedi. Girl. Well, they they revealed the trailer that we saw at Celebration. Mm-hmm. We got a date. It's coming out October 26th. Yeah. So that's like about a month after Andor, and it's all going to drop at once. It's six episodes. Like, we've known about this, but just like hearing about it again and having it confirmed, like... We we are going to be eating so well as Star Wars fans this fall. Yeah, the animation just looks beautiful. I, I don't know if they have, like, a bigger budget for this. Like, they have a bigger budget, less episodes. But it looks, like, cinematic, honestly. Like, it's gorgeous. Well, I mean, we've seen that first episode. Like, it, yeah. it, it looks very stunning. Yeah. And... So that kind of, like, goes into, so Bad Batch was supposed to also come out this fall, but they pushed it back to January 4th. It's going to get, like, a two-episode premiere. And I think that was so smart because it was going to get overshadowed by Andor and then Tales of the Jedi. Like, I'm I'm glad they pushed it back. Totally. It would have been so overshadowed. I think that maybe it wouldn't have been as overshadowed had Andor not been pushed back. Right, yeah. Because we would have been, like, further into Andor. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have been, like, on the second week of it. So I think it'll do well. It just, I guess it depends when Mandalorian Season 3 comes out. I kind of think that this is setting it up to, like, for Mando Season 3 to be sometime in, like, the spring or the summer. I think they said Ahsoka is first, or did they say Mando oh. is first? oh. Wait, did they talk about Ahsoka or did I just ignore it? 
We ignored it. They did talk about Ahsoka, but I'm thinking more from <laughs> Wait, Celebration. Wait, they talked about Ahsoka today? Yeah, they talked. Well, remember I sent you that picture. Oh, wait. Do, I think I have Ahsoka muted. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, they did talk about Ahsoka, but oh, like. Oh, I did see that. I Yeah, this is Yeah, you saw photo. the picture that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, there's been like casting announcements and stuff, but like, I have been doing my best to ignore the Ahsoka news. Um, yeah, but I, I, I was like thinking more with celebration what they announced. I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to unmute Ahsoka because Tails would die. <laughs> oh, true, 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 true. Like, I don't know. I listen. Like, I'm I'm so excited for Andor. I'm so excited for Tales of the Jedi. I'm excited for Bad Batch. Like, the problem with the first season, I feel like, because I liked it, was just that it. Well, it was so long. Like, I wish it yeah. was, like, less episodes. Short form, like, ten episodes. Yeah, because the pacing suffered. Like, it, it kind of got slow. Yeah. So, like, I hope that they can keep that hype as it's going. And then we got the Mando trailer, which is coming out next year. And, like, it it's giving Mando season one. So, Minus like... Minus Cara Doom. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, except for the fact that Babu Frick is, for some reason, frickin' in this... Maybe Bob is the friends we meet along the way. Listen, like, out of everything in episode nine, like, Babu is the thing that probably irritates me the least. Yeah. Isn't, <laughs> isn't, I think Babu's voiced by the person who voices Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, maybe, you know, like, Babu is the friend we meet along the way. Yeah, like, I, I, I could, it could be worse. It could absolutely be worse. Um, so, like, Mando's looking good. And then, like, Ahsoka, I'm just, I, if it was animated, I'd be here for it. Like, that's yeah. that's the end of it. I like mean, it, the whole Rebel sequel being in live action stirs up some feelings for me. It does. And, like, so, you know, I teach middle school and I was talking to these two kids. They, um, we were outside. They were overheated. I was bringing them back in. One of them had a Star Wars shirt on. And we just casually started talking about Star Wars. And he was asking me about, like, the shows. And I started naming off all these animated shows. And, like, one of the kids, like, didn't even know about any of the animated shows. He only Crazy. knew the live action stuff. Whereas the the other kid, like, knew. And, and it's he was like, there. Oh, like, I know. There. <laughs> and, like, one kid was, like, you know, Rebels is, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. And, like, he yes. is looking forward to Ahsoka, but, like, it's just, it's weird. What a smart, child. What yeah. a smart well, child. He he hates The Last Jedi, so there's also that. Oh. I know. Oh. He okay, said that, okay. like. Partially smart. <laughs> yeah, he said, you know, the sequels overall he hates. So, like, he also hates The Rise of Skywalker, but, like, he hates The Last Jedi, so... You know. Okay, I mean, like, I respect hating them all equally more than just pinpointing <laughs> The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, his favorite movie is Revenge of the Sith. Well, that's that's good taste. So, like, he has Re- points. Rebels, like, yeah, Rebels and Revenge of the Sith. Th- that's taste. Yeah, he does. He does have points. Um, he didn't like Bad Batch, and he didn't like Resistance. Okay, I mean, so like. I feel like it's at interesting. That age, I feel like that age, you, he might feel like those ones are too young for him, maybe. 
I could see, I could see that. And like, so, like, you know I'm, when you get to that middle school age when you're like, I'm too cool for Disney. Like, oh, oh and they all, they all are. Like, Disney yeah. is not a big deal for these kids. Yeah. And I love getting their opinions because, like, at the end of the day, like, all of the stuff is, like, it's for them, you know? So, like, I like it's, seeing kind of where they're at with it. Oh, I no, think, I know. It's also for us. Like, it is for us. <laughs> I am a Disney adult. No, it's I know. I want to be catered to. I do want to be catered to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, I just don't understand why... This show couldn't be animated, especially seeing how beautiful Tales of the Jedi looks. Could you imagine, like, Tales of the Jedi? <sighs> that budget. With the, for the, the like, an animated Rebel sequel. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I want, that's what I want. Be, it could be, like, a one season, like, a limited series, like, to just tell a story, like, I think that you could do it. The limited series of telling how you find Ezra. Yeah. 100%. And it's, like, very, like, focused. It's a very focused limited series. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm already, like, worried because I'm, like, it's called Ahsoka, so it must be about her. But if it's about finding Ezra, like, to me, like, Ezra and Sabine are the main characters and you're throwing in all this rebel stuff and Ahsoka was just a side character, really, for rebels. So, like... I, I just have so yeah, many mixed feelings. We also watched a Book of Boba Fett show that starred the Mandalorian. <laughs> the way, Anything can happen. The way, like, the whole voiceover for the Mandalorian season three was from the Book of Boba Fett. Like, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. These guys, these guys. I say, I say, I, who knows? Maybe Ahsoka won't even be in her show. I mean, I'm, I would be okay <laughs> with that. Like, I would be. Because, listen, like, the actor they got to play Ezra. He looks like Ezra. Man, like. He is, like, scary. It's, like, scary how much he looks like Ezra. I don't think I've ever seen a human look so much like an animated character in my life. Yeah, because I was perfect. disappointed initially. I was disappointed. I'm like, oh man, I'm sued. And then I look at this guy, and I'm like, okay, wait, this guy looks a lot more like Ezra than men I'm sued. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm looking. Like I'm, I'm, I I'm looking at that. I don't. I, I mean, so I don't know. I don't know him in in anything, but he looks like yeah. he is Ezra, look wise. <sighs> yeah, I'm. I am looking. I am 100 percent looking. So one more thing before we move into the rest of D23, um, because we've been talking about, like, looking forward to the fall. Like, we're going to get Andor. We're going to get Tales of the Jedi. Um, Willow is going to be in November. I'm most excited for Willow. Like, more than Andor, I think. Yeah, we got a new trailer. We got a new poster. It's looking really good. So good. Yes. Like Warwick Davis. I know. Everything just, about this show looks so well, good. Well, we were eating beignets in Disneyland, and he was just there. And I, I was like, it's Warwick Davis. <laughs> <laughs> he was just walking around. Yeah. yeah. I just and, and you said it perfectly, like, ready for this to fill the Dark Crystal hole. It's the, the 80s fantasy hole that Dark Crystal left in my heart when Netflix canceled it after season one. I, like dedicated my whole life to that show like that was like I it was my whole personality and I don't regret it because it's 
the best thing that Netflix has made. And I cannot believe that they canceled it. Part of me is like, maybe it'll get revived someday. (laughs) I still think about it. Just mostly, mostly I think about it because like they built that stuff, you know? So like it's still laying around. Amazon Prime would not do this. No, I know. Amazon Prime would never, would never. And I hate to say that because Jeffrey Bezos gross, but like Amazon Prime would never. Well, all like, (laughs) I mean, Prime TV, their shows, when you watch all, I think all of their shows, everything's in 4K. Yeah, everything's good. High budget. Like, look at Marvelous Miss Maisel. The sets, the costumes. Mm-hmm. If Netflix was making Marvelous Miss Mabel, Maisel, it would not look the same. It, I guarantee yeah. you would not look like that. Like, anyways, I know that Dark Crystal and Willow aren't the same, but they're both, uh, you know. They like, have you know, the vibe. Cult, they have cult followings. They're 80s fantasy movies, you know, um, coming of age kind of stories. And they're getting sequels that kind of surround... Well, I mean, the the Dark Crystal sequel was actually a prequel, but it's like a different generation, kind of like kids, you know, within the same world. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got the vibe, and, and I'm I'm definitely here for it. It looks really, really good. Um, but the other thing, so we are getting still the High Republic, our phase two in the fall, except the book that was supposed to kick it off, Convergence, got pushed back a month to November. Yes. And I doubled. So as of right now, like I double checked all of the dates. Um, High Republic number one, like the new run for phase two um, is going to be October 12th. And then Quest for Hidden City and Path of Deceit are still November 1st. So even though Convergence was supposed to kick the whole thing off, that's the only thing that's gotten pushed back as of right now. As of right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little weird. So, like, we're still getting a High Republic fall, but, like, the shakeup has me a little, I'm a little weird. It's a little weird. I'm not too worried. I feel like I wasn't worried about that book at all. I know, right? So, I don't know it what happened. Just, it could just be because of other things coming out around it. I don't know. But in other D23 news, Alex, Pixar's for the girls, finally. We're getting a room romance we're getting a romance like i mean listen pixar has always had romance but it's always it's never been the main plot of anything well because pixar i i think like gender neutral family vibes you know yeah when i think of pixar romance i think of um woody and bo peep i think about jesse and buzz I think about uh, Carl and Ellie. Like, I would say, like, Carl and Ellie, they have an 11-minute, very heavy romance going on in that movie, but it's not about romance. It's about, you know, Carl finding himself afterwards. Right. Um, Like, I mean, Bugs Life, maybe? Bugs Life (laughs) is a romance, potentially? Maybe. Cars? Cars has a no, romance. Like, I mean, it has a romance. I think that, like, the heaviest movie on romance, though, is probably Bucks Life. Wally. I would say Wally. 
has the most romance. Oh, oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, Ratatouille has romance. Yeah. Um, But, like, this is different. This is, like, the plot is the romance, I think. Yes. So we're talking about elementals. And it's (laughs) a water guy named Wade and a fire girl named Ember. Yeah. And they can't even touch. It's giving Pushing Daisies. It's giving Did you Raylo. watch that show? Did you, did you watch Pushing Daisies when it was on air? I've seen, like, bits and pieces. We've talked about it. I, like, I, yes, I, I know. Yes. Yes. For listeners who don't remember Pushing Daisies, it was on ABC. It ran for only two seasons. But, okay, basically our main character was a pie maker. But he had this special power that if he touched a dead thing, it would come back to life. But if he touched it again, then it would be dead forever. So his, like, best friend from childhood, who was also, like, his crush, dies. And he brings her back. And then they proceed to have a romance where they can't touch each other. Because she'll die forever. And do you know who plays the pie maker? Tell us, Alex. It's Lee Pace. (laughs) Her, your obsession with Lee Pace goes all the way back to Pushing Daisies? Yeah, no. He, when he was a nobody. <laughs> it does. He was like no one back then. Okay? He was six foot five and nobody. And he couldn't touch, he couldn't touch this girl. Like, listen, so like, you, you say fire and water and I'm already like, okay, I'm looking. Like, it's Rayla, I'm looking. And then you show me this poster and like, it's their hands. And I'm like, whoa. They're, like, like, there's like a small amount of space between their hands. Yeah, and touch. then like the tagline is like, it's you know, like, they can't, they the can't touch. And I'm like, whoa. Like, I'm like, like, I'm like, oh, this is hot. Like, oh my God. Like, Pixar. I'm already, like, I'm frothing at the mouth. Like, <laughs> I just, and like, Wade looks like a nerdy boy. I was, yeah, I was actually going to say my prediction is that Wade is a Virgo. I see it. I do see that. Is this yeah. a Virgo and an Aries romance? Yeah. Do you think that it's an Aries? I, I don't know. There, you think that's she's a fire an sign. I don't know. It's a yeah. fire sign. What are the other fire, <laughs> what are the other fire signs? Uh, Leo and Sagittarius. I mean, we're saying this, but like Virgo is an Earth sign, so yeah. so <laughs> you know, Virgo. yeah. So like, mm, yeah, whatever. <laughs> L- listen, like I'm I'm here for it. That on top of the fact that like we're getting Inside Out too, and Riley is a teenager, and one of her new emotions is lust. Oh my god! What? <laughs> I was shocked in my Pixar. <laughs> I don't know. I when I heard the rumors, so the rumors for Inside Out two started a few days ago, and I was kind of like, you know what? I could see this. I could see the sequel being good. Like out of all the Pixar movies that you're going to make a sequel of, I think that this is a decent choice. Yeah. Um, because like you can't like they are doing you can you can age them up. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I just like. I had, like, heard things about it, but I never really thought about it. And then now that we know that it's true, I find myself thinking a lot about it. Like, Yeah. Who do you think you would cast as Lust? Oh, man. I have no idea. That's so, like, up in the air. I have no idea. It kind what? of reminds me of, um, what's that show? Oh, Big Mouth. 
on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they all have puberty monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, thinking about that, like, Maya Rudolph is, like, one of the monsters on that show, and she's funny. <laughs> well, and, like, we know that Amy Poehler is coming back as Joy. Yeah. And to me, like, Joy interacting with Lust does not compute. <laughs> Like, it doesn't compute to me. So I'm like, what are we in for? Oh, my and God. And I love Inside Out. Like, Inside Out's one of my favorites. I, like, ball my eyes out when I watch that movie. So I, I am looking forward to this. Yeah. I think that lust and disgust interacting oh, will be man. the funniest. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that will be funny. That's, oh, mm-hmm. man. I'm sensing a romance between lust and disgust. Well, what other, like, besides lust, like, what other feelings will they add? Uh, existential dread. <laughs> stress. Anxiety, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess yeah. fear. Fear, though, already exists. I can see, like, fear, like, morphing into, like, anxiety. Oh. Because, like, it's, it's, like, more than, like, a fear. It's, you know, like, something yeah. else. Yeah, I'm really excited to see who they cast as Lust because that'll like set this the, the mood. Oh, for that'll everything. set the tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do we think Lust is the villain? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I mean, Joy was the villain in the first yeah, movie. Yeah, true. Yeah, that looks amazing. Like we finally got to see stuff for Disenchanted. Oh my god, that looks amazing. Disenchanted looks amazing. The Himbo King is back. I am so hyped. It's going to come out on American Thanksgiving, so it'll <sighs> you can make a whole weekend into Disenchanted. That's amazing. Need to rewatch the first one, get hyped, get ready. Oh my god. I rewatched it, I guess, like less than a year ago. It's it mm. holds up so well. I think especially because it's like a lot of 2D animation that and it it just holds up. Well, and so, like, that kind of goes into, so we're getting a new Disney movie called Wish that's going to blend 3D and traditional, and I'm like, my jaw's on the floor. I, okay, so what I read was it's blending 3D and watercolor. Okay. Is what I read. Interesting. Um, I, personally, when they say that, I, I think more feast than... Get a horse. Okay. If you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I just... Yeah. I, so, like, I, I, I... My assumption is that it's more using 3D tools to replicate, like, traditional-looking stuff. But who knows? Maybe I'll be surprised, and they'll be, like, real traditionals. I don't know. It, to me, like, the thing with Disney, I'm like, if they ever return to 2D... I think it would, no, I know, but, like, in, like, a major way, like, a next Disney princess, like, a 2D straight up, like, animated film, I I honestly think it would, like, blow up. Well, they're, they're, they're making a, so, Eric Goldberg started a training program, so Mm. they are training, like, apprentices to do 2D. And, like, that's really nice because it's a dying form. Like, it is going to die within the next whatever years if they don't do that. Because, like, animation school I went to, they took a, they took out the traditional animation desks this year. Ugh. 
Is it like that's so sad? Because like honestly, yeah, the way like the style has like become like the way like the style has been looking. It's everything looks the same. And yeah. so to me, I'm like the way because what separated Pixar was that it was 3D. It was wild. It was cool. And now everything looks the same. So like going back to that like traditional Disney animated style would like make waves. Yeah, I'm like I, I don't know if it'll happen because it costs money. True, it costs a lot of money. So yeah, like, I think I likely will see probably some shorts in the next few years, like I, testing I'm not the waters. Convinced. I'm not convinced we're going to get a full feature film in the next five years. Like, depends. It depends on Ch- – I, I don't see Chapek being like, yeah, let's fund this. <laughs> no, of course not. Bob's not going to do anything that we want, obviously. I see from D23, I'm like, D23 this year was like the superior con, I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm remembering Celebration was fine. Yeah, like I, like, I like, don't get me wrong. I had a blast at oh, celebration, but it wasn't because of the content. No, it was because we <laughs> were at the parks. Like, <laughs> you know, it and, was being at the parks. Yeah, and like walking the show floor was really fun. Yeah, except for the people just not wearing masks. Yeah, <laughs> like I would honestly be down. Like, obviously, you know, celebration's going to be in Europe, which we're not going to go to. But like, yeah. I'd, be down, I'd be down to go to D twenty three again. I would be down. Yeah, I would do it. I, I would. I, I would make that sacrifice. I would yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm going to my local Comic-Con tomorrow. Yeah. Um, be interesting. Oh, yeah. Because I haven't actually been to any other cons other than Celebration, so it's funny that I'm, like, finally, like, oh, yeah, like, I'll go for a day at the one locally. Yeah, I should, like, check out. I'm sure one comes to Nashville. Oh, I've never, Nashville, like, checked it out. 100% probably has one. Like, yeah, I've never checked city. it out. I know yeah. we used to get, like, a Supernatural convention. I don't know if it still Ooh. comes. Let's <laughs> see how. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, are you ready to move into The Princess and the Scoundrel? Yes. Oh, my oh, gosh. Man. I'm a, I feel like there's a lot to say about this book, and we just talked for an, for an hour. hour. Yeah, already. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know that we were going to be getting so... Well, I guess we did know, because D23, but, like... Mm-hmm. Man, so Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis, Revis. I listened to the audiobook. They said Revis, so I'm guessing it's Revis. Um, she also wrote Most Wanted, which was the Han Solo Cura book. This we both truly, love that. yeah, this truly to me felt like a beautiful epilogue to um, Return of the Jedi and like a prologue to like bloodline basically yes okay i'm glad i'm not the only one that felt that way about bloodline because i was not even finished princess and scoundrel yet and i took out the bloodline audiobook from the library oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i was like there i was like okay i need to i need to be reminded um, I guess about like the tone of Bloodline, the tone specifically of Han and Leia's relationship in Bloodline mm-hmm. compared to what it is here. I was like, I need that right now. I need, a, I, I need the angst. I need it to hit me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, so when I was like kind of looking at doing notes, like I kind of split this up into like different relationships and it all focuses around Leia. Like this is a Han and Leia book, 
but I feel like it exists in this space where it's like a trilogy of Princess of Alderaan, Princess and the Scoundrel, and Bloodline. Interesting, because I I found myself really um, connecting with the Han parts, and oh, I was really? thinking about Last Shot. Okay, see, so like, I added that as well, like... You know, like a most wanted princess and the scoundrel last shot as well kind of vibe. Yeah, like I, I, I feel it. Like it just, it's so interesting to see Han and yeah. Leia at this point in their lives, and I really did like hearing about Han talk about how he lost a year of his life. Like that was that I is a lot. I, I. I did not expect to enjoy the Han POV in this book as much as I did. Yeah. I think well, see, like, I was that's so where... focused. Yeah, I was so focused on Leia because we just saw we just saw little Leia and Kenobi. Right. And I wasn't really thinking about all of the internal struggles that Han was gonna be going through in this book. And I'll really, that's why really I like... connected with that. That's why it was also giving like most wanted for me, which, you know. Beth also wrote, but to hear him, like, in his internal monologue and to Leia, like, talk about Kira and, like, see his mannerisms harken back to, like, that teenager on Corellia, like, yeah, he's, he feels like such a solid character. And it really feels like the Beth understands Han, because now you're saying, you know, like, this is her second book writing Han. I mean, like, we've talked about, you know, there was a Padme trilogy. We've talked about, like, this kind of almost being, like, a Leia trilogy. We've talked about an Obi-Wan trilogy. Like, if Beth gets, like, another Han book, like... Yeah. I would be reading. I can totally see that. I can totally see that. I really, really enjoyed the way she wrote Han. Um, Mm -hmm. I think with Leia, I think she did a good job, but um, Claudia's writing for Leia is definitely my favorite. Yeah, I don't think anything will beat Claudia's Leia. I do like, though, that Claudia gave this, like, her stamp of approval. Yes. Oh, like, by no means is this version, like, the way that Beth writes Leia's bad. It's very good. It's very (laughs) angsty. Yeah. But I think the way that I feel about the way that Claudia writes Leia is the way that I feel about how Beth wrote Han. Like, I yeah, just really, the really care. connected with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I like what you said, because, like, we were talking before. So I tried to read this on my e-reader, and it, like, it, it wasn't working. And I don't think it's the book. I think it was the medium. Um, yeah. So I ended up listening to this book, which it's narrated by two narrators. And sometimes I get, I'm iffy on that. But I did, like the two narrator structure, especially the very last chapter when it's Han and Leia, because they, they read it together and it's really cute. Um, but I like how you were saying, like, this was, like, a really quick, almost YA-feeling read for you. Yeah. I I would definitely say out of all of the Del Rey novels, it, this one did feel more YA to me. Mm-hmm. Like, easier um, to digest, which Del Rey can be a little hard to digest sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it definitely wasn't as, it, it wasn't, like, low YA mm-hmm. necessarily, but it, I guess, like, the language being used, um, especially when it comes to tactical stuff, um, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, so, like, for Star Wars, like, this is, like, an adult novel, but if we were moving into, like, the wider genre of, like, YA and new adult, like, this would be, a, like, a YA novel, except that they're, like, not YA age. Just, like, yeah. the vibes. Because I've been reading a lot of new adult recently. It's not new adult. It's not new adult. Like, the hallmark of new adult is, like, angsty, it's gritty, it's dark, and, like, this definitely isn't, but it does have that emotion that is the hallmark of YA, like, that character-driven emotion. Yeah. Because this totally reads differently than, like, Aftermath. <laughs> well, and so, like, that's what I was kind of getting at. So, like, I, I think we're kind of looking at, like, the future of the New Republic, because this is, like, its beginning. And what we've seen of that is, like, Alphabet Squadron a little bit, but mostly Aftermath. And I'm almost wondering if, like, do you feel like they're leaning more into Aftermath, or do you feel like they're maybe going to retell it? You think they're going to, like, retell it from, like, like this perspective? Like, I, a more character-driven perspective? Yeah, like, like I, I don't... Leia. Yeah, like, I don't think they're going to retcon Aftermath or anything like that, but I could see them telling it from this type of perspective, whereas instead it was, like, all new characters and it jumped around a whole lot. Like, if we got another story centered more around, like, the main crew or you gave us, like, just a couple new characters that went through the story, like an Andor type of thing, like, I kind of feel like they could be leaning more that way. Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking, like, if they gave Beth, like, kind of young parents, Han and Leia... Yeah. Not not to, like, I guess, step on the shoes of Last Shot, though. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it would be interesting. Well, and I feel like the thing, the way you could get around that is, like, Last Shot, like, didn't have Leia. And, like, I agree, like, we want Claudia Gray writing Leia, but we don't have, like, young mom Leia much. Yeah. I, I personally... Would love to see Beth write Dad Han, though. Oh, hundred percent. Like, <laughs> like baby. Like when he's born, like baby Ben. Because like yeah. we kind of already know this from Aftermath. Like, you know, Han was very apprehensive and worried about being a father. And like, I would love to see more of that. I'd love to see that, like, with Leia too. If it was like a dual perspective, because like Leia was adopted, and we know because of Bloodline and because of this, how worried she is about her lineage. And then Han didn't have a family. He, you know, was raised by himself. So, like, being a father figure is something that would be really, like, scary for him. I would love to see it. (laughs) I think that would really, you know, counter this book well, because I think a main theme in this book is Leia learning how to be in a relationship. Yeah. Where she, like, she's kind of getting her feet wet in, like, actually being in a grown-up relationship where she needs to trust her partner and she needs to lean on him. hmm And I think that Han actually has the whole relationship thing really figured out. So it would be really interesting the other way around when, you know, they're having a baby and Leia being like, you know, this is all going to go okay. Like, I mean, she grew up with two parents who loved each other Mm -hmm. she got to see that 
and like and and parent her. She had two great parents, and then on the other hand, like Han, no, like he has no, you know, relation to being a father or seeing a father like parent. So I think that would be cool. It'd be like kind of opposite. Yeah, I, I, that would be really, really amazing. I didn't really think about that, like how you said it, you know, like Han knows how to be in a relationship. He's been in relationships. He knows what it takes. And like Leia, she had that one that we know of, like with Kier when she was young, but like this one is so different. And I don't know about this for you, but like for me, I kept getting this sense of y'all shouldn't have gotten married yet. Like, and it's not yeah. even, like, in a bad way. It's in because, like, we see him later in Bloodline. We see him later in, like, you know, The Force Awakens. Like, we know that, like, that love is there. And, like, they have trials. They have tribulations. But at the end of the day, like, they truly love each other. They're truly meant for each other. But, like, Leia is so, like, we are still in the thick of this war. And yeah. she's so, like, work-focused. And, like, part of this was, like, her having to, like also break out of that and to me i'm like if all of this happened but then it ended with them getting married like he proposed to her she said yes but then like something happened like almost a la tangled the series and then by the end of it she's like let's get married now i I could almost see that as well that's interesting i was gonna say like i do think han was ready to get married like oh han was his like in his whole thought process, like I said, like, him, like, understanding how to be in this relationship and understanding what Leia needs from him. Yes. And it not going the other way around. Yeah. Like, Leia does not know what Han needs from her. Like, doesn't... It's it's so interesting to see Leia, like, not be the one that, like, has it together. Yeah, because you would assume, like, just knowing how Han is that he would be the one who doesn't know how to be a relationship, wouldn't know how to commit or anything like that, when it's the other way around. Like, Leia is so, like, she doesn't know how to do anything. She doesn't know that, like, he needs her. Yeah, like, and I I feel like by the end, like, she's got it figured out. And it's like, I listen, I love the Ewok wedding. It was beautiful and everything. But I'm just like, if it had ended with, like, them... Like, okay, I'm ready to get married now. I think things would have gone a little bit differently, maybe, like, down the line. Literally, I will say, we kind of skipped the beginning of the book. I loved, I loved everything that happened on Endor. It is beautiful. It It is, it's so beautiful. I was mad, though, because I got so excited, because, like, Lando got Han to, like, change his clothes. He's like, oh, it's an Alderanian jacket. And then at the end, it's revealed that it wasn't. He was lying to him. And I was like, no, don't take that from me. (laughs) Everything about it was beautiful. I love the metaphor with their rings, too. Like, those rings being, like, they were so beautiful and they were so special in the moment. But, like, by the end, like, they had decayed and cracked and they ended up, like, falling off. Yeah. And it, it kept giving me, like, these flashes of everything they're going to go through later and, like, you know, separating and coming back together. Like, it it just felt so, like, meaningful. Like, yeah, everything about it. it did. That, like, you know, 
one one thing like you know their son was going to tear them apart oh god <laughs> like okay so let's let's talk about though like leia and vader and that kind of goes into like leia and luke as well yeah. right off the bat i was already highlighting so many passages I crying like i was like full-on crying at like leia talking about vader i it was it was heavy we talked about this because you know we just watched like the original trilogy and like we know this from bloodline but like you know leia really has to put on like a mask for people she doesn't get to like feel her feelings so it's amazing to read books from her perspective because you're in her head so like you see it playing out and the way that she hates being vader's daughter and is struggling with the fact that this is where she came from and is struggling with the fact that Luke can accept him after everything that's happened is just yeah. so impactful. Like, I love that they let her feel this resentment towards her father. It hit in all the right places. I think that the, one of the best parts of the book, for sure. One in, like, just... When she finds his funeral pyre. yeah. Oh, uh, like she, she, th she could feel the feelings in the force, like all around there. Like she thought Luke was in danger because she could sense Luke from like when he burned Vader. And when she actually yeah. finds it, like she finds like the helmet even. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, man, it's so intense. And then especially like we've talked so much about how there's so much of, like, the good parts of Anakin in Leia. It's so nuanced. I don't think she ever really learns about Anakin, though. No, I, I don't think she does. Like, we don't even know how much she learns necessarily about Padme. Like, there was something in the comics about Padme's dresses. Yeah. But I, I don't think, especially because Obi-Wan's not around, like, Obi-Wan would have been the one to tell her about Anakin. Mm -hmm. And since he's not there, I feel like she doesn't want to know the good parts of Anakin. And I think she has every right to refuse that. Like, she has every right to say, like, you know, you, I, you know, like, you don't deserve yeah, my totally. acceptance. Or forgiveness. Or yeah. forgiveness. Like, it, it's giving, I'm glad my mom is dead. Yeah. It is. I don't blame her. I, I don't blame her either. Like, she went through so much, and it's and it, heartbreaking. And it's like, being in her shoes, and like, imagine having to watch your brother, like, be totally okay with all this. <sighs> well, and like, that's, that's the thing. Tough. Like, that... And she really does, like, think so highly of Luke. Like, I was almost taken aback by, like, how much she loves... She looks up to him. Yeah, she looks up to him. She loves him. Like, he's her brother. Like, she's truly accepted him. And to the point where, like, she is frustrated with herself because she's like, if we both have this power... Like, how come he can use it and not fall to this darkness, but, like, I'm so terrified that if I use it, I'm going to be like Vader, and it should be able to help me, and just going through yeah. all that. I, like, I never in a million years thought we were going to see that from Leia. It's really nuanced. Like, the, the, this book, especially the beginning, it's, it's like, such 
it's a masterpiece. Like, it is so good. Yeah, like, I just, I, I felt that. And towards the end, like, I mean, we never really gave, like, a spoiler warning, but, like, seeing her reach out to the Force, like, I, I got such, like, Last Jedi vibes. And I just, like, it felt like she was accepting herself like while she's still not accepting like her father and her lineage like she's accepting like there's yeah. this other part of herself that she hasn't ex- like explored yeah. before and it's like it's like in the last night because it's also like a life or death situation yeah exactly I-, I kept thinking about like you know in the context of the rise of skywalker like she does end up training with luke and what stop fix it a bit they do they do like i feel more I okay with that it. Yeah. I accepted her training in The Rise of Skywalker because of the way this book is written. She kind of resigns herself to it. She just kind of is like, I don't, I, she never really wants to do it, but she feels like it's necessary to protect her family. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think it's so interesting at the beginning of this book too, like her life could have gone two ways. She could have married Han or she could have, like, run off into the unknown regions with Luke, like, looking for Force things. Like, I yeah. never even realized that, like, that was something that she thought that maybe she would be doing. That would have been so weird. Like, would she have still become, you know, a senator? Like, I don't think she would have. I think she would have, like, left it all, which is crazy. And I, I, I'm glad that she didn't, because to me, like she is a senator, like, she is her mother's daughter, like, I I think she's where she's supposed to be, she's supposed to be with Han, but the fact that, like, she did see that as a path for her, and, like, to the point where she didn't want to give Luke up, like, she knew he was gonna leave, like... Yeah. It adds this whole other layer onto the fact that, like, she trusts Luke so much, she looks up to him so much, and she trusts her son with him. Oh, so yeah. you can truly understand why Luke is so ashamed and why he and, runs and, away. Yeah, and why she never really gave up on him. Exactly. Like, it just, that's insane. Like, that adds so much to it. I The point where yeah. I'm still, like, iffy is, like, her stopping her training when she gets pregnant was a little weird. I, I can't remember the the context around that. It's something about her being pregnant. Um, oh, yeah. Like, that that part still needs some, like, clarification. But, like, it's so obvious that, like, we speculated this, that she never told Ben about his lineage, like, being, you know, descended from Dark well, Vader like, and all that. so ashamed of it. Well, what do you think, how did that go down, though, with Luke? If she, you know, went to Luke and was like, hey, Luke, like, don't tell your nephew... But Luke is kind of proud of the fact that his father is Anakin. I, like, yeah, I I wonder if there was some other way around it. Like, Luke telling him stories about maybe Anakin. Um, Oh, sort of like Obi-Wan being like, I knew your father. Right, exactly. (laughs) Because, like, 
you know, we we speculated this that like um, in Bloodline, when the news comes out, like the news breaks, that that's when Ben finds that's out. That's when Ben finds out, and like that's a really big deal. And like I feel like I would like to read that. I would like Someone to read that. that. I would absolutely <laughs> like to read that. Kirsten White, I know you want to write it. <laughs> and like the napkin bombing stuff, you wrap that all up in one book. Yeah, Give absolutely. Like. It, to me, like, it all goes goes back to, like, that night when Luke almost kills Ben. Like, we know that that darkness was always there because Snoke was always there. Technically, it was Palpatine. Whatever was always there. And then, like, finding out this huge secret and that your whole family is lying to you. Like, was that the night that Luke sensed that tremendous darkness? I just, like, <laughs> I never thought that this book... That was going to be, like, the Han and Leia wedding and, like, courtship of Princess Leia was going to add all this, like, nuance to the family drama. Yeah. It, like, really fixed some Rise of Skywalker things for me. It, it really did, like, though. You know, it doesn't make it a good movie, but it, like, the whole Leia training thing doesn't bug me as much. Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. And, like, it, I think having watched the originals, too, like, it just... Everything feels, like, very seamless, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Feels true to both young and old Leia. It does. Man. Like, the thing is, like, Leia's, like, ending, like, with Rise of Skywalker isn't the best. But, like, up until that point, like, up until, like, The Last Jedi, her story so far feels very complex and I like all of the beats that we've been getting recently. Um, is there anything else about like Leia and Han or like Leia and Vader or like her connection that you want to hit on? Um, I do want to say just the Han stuff to bring it back. He's, yeah. He's a great husband. Uh, he radiates my wife energy. Yeah. And like the I fact just... there's this like there's that scene where, like, there's characters joking about kidnapping Leia, and he takes the character to, like, the escape pods and is, like, going to, like, <laughs> basically ship him, like, off of the Halcyon. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was so off. funny. <laughs> Leia, yeah, like, Leia finds out about it and is like, You did what? <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, he's fine. He's harmless. Let him go. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then later she's like, oh, he is annoying. Like, <laughs> And then he saves the day. He does the save the day. He saves the day. It's so funny. I, like, it was so interesting, the juxtaposition with Han, because he loves Leia so much. Like, so, so much. And, like, yes. he feels so <laughs> emotionally feels. mature. He feels in this book, though. He feels. Like, he... The emotional maturity that he has is insane. And, like, the way he recognizes that he lost that year of his life and, like, things could have changed for Leia. And there might be things that, like, he doesn't know. Like, he went into that sleep hearing her for the first time say, I love you. And then she wakes him up. And he recognizes that he's, like, lost all this time. And yeah. he feels very out of place in her world and then there's that anxiety like that fear that like she like his world isn't good enough for her yeah oh my god like that just like rips my heart apart 
And then there's the other thing, both the physical aspect, the physical trauma from the carbonite, because they're yeah. and they're on an ice planet, and like they're like freezing in the water, and he is reminiscing how it feels like carbonite. Yeah, and like I'm like full on convinced he's gonna have an anxiety attack right now. Like, mm-hmm. it was tense. It was tense. Like, I I felt that. I really, really, truly felt that. Like, he has a lot of trauma that he has to unpack. Things that I... Like, we were so focused on Leia coming out of Return of the Jedi. We were not talking this much about Han. <laughs> oh, I feel like Han, like, doesn't get, like, a ton in Return of the Jedi. And that's yeah. even, like, mentioned here. How he, like, wakes up and then, like, immediately they're destroying the Empire. Like, no yeah. time has passed for him. So everything's moving mm-hmm. so quickly. And so, like, he wants to marry Leia because he doesn't want everything to move so fast that she's gone. She's, like, his rock. Like, she makes everything make sense for him. And I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Aww. I know. Like, I guess we're Han and Leia shippers. I, I mean, guess we, we always are. Were. I mean, yeah, we, but like, like we're like officially I, Han Leia's. Like officially being like, yes, we're Han Leia's, like a hundred percent. Yeah, like I even love like at the end he finally reveals that he was having Chewie make like modifications to like make the Falcon more like a home for her, and like she says that like the Falcon has felt more like a home in a while because like. Obviously, Alderaan was destroyed, and after Alderaan, like, she's living on the Falcon. So, like, that's yeah. a really big deal. And I love how she laughs at him for putting in a kitchen. <laughs> she's like, I'm not a domestic housewife. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting. every night. <laughs> like, my guy, I cannot cook. But, like, that just makes me think. I'm like, oh, my God. Is, like, Han the chef in the family? Probably. Like, can or Han Chewy. or Chewie? Chewie's oh the cook, I think. He strikes me as the cook, Chewie. That's so funny to me. Like, yeah, that's so cute. I just like. Can like, you imagine like Chewie packing like Ben's lunch? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. I just like. This adds so much, and like the fact that okay, I'm gonna be bitter about episode nine for like just a second, but like the fact that Ben. We never actually got to see him go back on the Falcon. Like, there's that deleted scene. But, like, obviously, like, the Falcon was their home. Like, that was Han and Leia's home. I mean, I'm sure they lived somewhere on um, Chandrilla. But, like, this was... That was home for them, was the Falcon. Yeah. I mean, Han made it a home. On kind of the flip side of that... What did you think about the Halcyon stuff? Because I have kind of an interesting feel. Eh, like yeah, synergy, like corporate synergy. It okay? They so activated like, that synergy machine. They made the Halcyon sound so boring. Like yeah, it sounded like an old folks like cruise ship type yeah, of vibe. Yeah, like a like a. Like a 65 and up cruise. Yeah, like we're playing shuffleboard no, on the Lido I, like, deck. I agree with you. <laughs> like the yeah. whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, this sounds this like there's not nothing selling. to do. <laughs> and like the other funny thing that I saw is like, you know that scene where Han, or no, it's Leia who suggests to the captain that they should let like passengers in the like 
control deck or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> like, so basically it's canon that they let people in there now because of Leia. Yeah, like, I just, I kept thinking about, I'm like, man, like, you know, actual cruises sound so fun. Like, there's stuff to do. And this cruise sounds literally so boring. Like, <laughs> to the point where, like, they're, like banging their head against the wall until they get to um, the ice planet and they finally have something to do. And I'm like, yeah. this isn't this isn't selling the Halcyon quite like you think it is. I and- just, like, wonder, like, how much longer does, like, the Star Wars hotel, like, have? I don't know. I Like, this, like, I feel it like until, my mind. until they, like, open it up and make it, like, accessible i could but see the whole it thing not is, working it's expensive because it's, it's exclusive and i so think that's what's biting them in, in the butt though yeah if you let people in then that exclusivity goes away and then they have to bring the price way down yeah i i think that's what's biting them in the butt i i don't think people are buying into the role play of it all <laughs> um, yeah and that's yeah. why people aren't well, the price too it's well, like, yeah, but like sure, if, if people were more it, into it was way cheaper. Yeah, well, like, but even you've yeah. said like you're not super into like the role play part of it, and so like I feel like since people are like, I'm not super into that, and then it's super expensive, so like why would I do it anyway? So it, I, I think that's kind of playing into it, but then like also the fact that it's basically canon that Han got Leia's ring from the Halcyon gift shop. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that, too. And, like, I don't think you've ever been on a cruise, right? Like, no, in the gift I shop, haven't. at least, like, on, like, the most recent one I went on was a Disney cruise. And, like, in the gift shop, there's the entire jewelry section and, like, upscale jewelry. Like, okay, expensive okay. jewelry. I got you. I got like, you. Like, that's, like, like, that's, like, normal. But, like, yeah. Like, I, I agree with you. Because, well, like, we we zoo. know what the Halcyon, like, actual gift shop is, you know? Like, it's a gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm, like, picturing, I'm picturing the gift shop on the Disney cruise right now where the jewelry casing is, and he went there. See, like, I'm picturing, like, Doc Ondar's or, like, Docking Bay oh. 7, you know? <laughs> okay, think about upscale. Okay, Upscale okay. this. Upscale. I'm, I'm like, is this like where I got my jacket think in Disney more, Springs like, or like whatever? Think more about like the yacht in Solo. Okay, okay, like <laughs> <laughs> this just is so it was just funny to me. Like, I I don't think it's Beth's fault. I I truly think it's just the fact that the Halcyon is a hard sell. It's well, a it's hard the same sell with Crash of Fate. It's like oh. They probably were told, like, you have to have the characters eat Tipiaf, and you have to have the characters go to Doc Ondor's, and you have to have, like, this is your checklist. Well, Beth probably also had a checklist. Yeah. Oh, man. Crash of Fate. Like, listen, like, she, Homegirl tried, but that is just a blatant ad for Galaxy's Edge, and, like, we've even been there, and it's like... (laughs) Yeah. It's just funny. It's so funny. Like, this book, though... Because with Star Wars books, like, sometimes I'm like, I don't think I'd read this again. But, like, I liked it. Like, this book I would read again. Yeah, it was and fun. And I, th- I think on rereads, you would get so much out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just took out Bloodline, so we're going to see how it hits. 
I want to know about that, too. And, like, I would love to see, like, what if you, like, watched Solo and then went straight into this? Like, how would that translate? It would would be good. It would be really good. I think that would be awesome because I really do feel like because Beth wrote Most Wanted is she is, like, really good at handling um, both, like, Harrison's Han and Alden's. And Alden's Han, yeah, She's taking Alden's Han into account, which I think a lot of uh, other authors would not do. Yeah, like, okay, so, like, I don't want to, like, you know, put down Last Shot or anything, but that does feel like a very Harrison-like Han. Yeah. Even though, like, it was in the lead-up to Solo, Whereas, like, this, like, I yeah. I could almost... You get, like, a hopeless romantic Han in this. And yeah. Like, that I, is baby Han. I almost <laughs> was picturing Alden, like, instead of Harrison Ford. Yeah. In some scenarios. Because mm-hmm. he felt like, like... To me, like, the Alden Han, like, the young Han Solo is, like, Han's truest self. Because then he, like, got yeah. jaded. And he went off I into the agree. galaxy. You know, and like Leia's the one who brought Mm -hmm. that Han back. The young Han. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. We mentioned this like very briefly, but like they do talk about Kira in this book and like Leia does meet Kira. It's in the Crimson Dawn comic, which like was okay. Um, (laughs) But that was even interesting that they talk and acknowledge Kira as well. And she's like, oh yeah, she told me a story about you. I wasn't expecting that either. Like, I was half expecting them to bring up L3 in this book. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They did it. Well, I guess, like, the Falcon wasn't really in it that much. I know. But, like, you know, we had Lando. We had Kira. Like, she would have really rounded it out. And, like, yeah. I'm not surprised that they didn't. But, like, I mm-hmm. almost felt like they could have. Do you, do you think there's any um, weaknesses in this book? I think the weaknesses kind of, I think the pacing a little bit. Um, yeah. Just just a little bit. Near the end. Well, the end. it's very segmented. Like, it's yeah. it's indoor. or Yeah, it's indoor, it's Halcyon, and then it's the ice planet. Like, it's very segmented. And I I really liked the indoor stuff, although I, I do feel like it was a little indulgent. It did go on a little too long. The Halcyon stuff, to me, was kind of where it drug a little bit. I like the Han stuff on the Halcyon, but it was also a lot of Han being grumpy because Leia's never around and he just wants to, like, spend all their time in bed, you know, that kind of thing. There were a lot of... Listen, I know this is... Star Wars is family-friendly. Like, listen, like, I know this, but, like, it was a honeymoon. It was a little bit too G. It was so G. It was so G. Like, this was an adult... This was an adult novel you did not need to give me smut but it was to general audiences it felt very g-rated and it was very obvious i think that's the other thing that brings down the age for me like we're just we're just gonna skip by this okay Yeah, it, it, it was very strange because, like, there were times where I'm, like, maybe, like, it's still going to be a fade to black, but maybe, like, a little bit more because, like... And, like, the- Leia's a full, like, what, 25 years old? Yeah, she's this? an adult. They're both adults. Yeah, and, like, and, like we get lost stars and they're, yeah. like, out and there's a, there's a fade 
hate the black? Like, yeah. really, Lucasfilm? Like, really? And there was even, like, little things about, like, unbraiding the hair. And I'm like, listen, oh, if you would they just. they could have done so You could have much just given us a scene of him of unbraiding hair. her hair. And that would have been, been more like, than any sex scene. That is, I was going to say, like, the unbraiding hair stuff, like, that's pornographic. Yeah, like, that's yeah. erotic. <laughs> That is as erotic as the Cars on the Road theme song sit, talking about getting towed, okay? Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, like, I would agree with you that that's a really good criticism that, like, they were very horny for each other and it oh, did yeah. not show in this book. No. It, like, did not. Like, there were, like, a couple of kisses yeah. that were, like, okay, but it was still very G-rated. It, it gives, it gives... <laughs> Padme and Anakin tickle fight. Oh my god, it does though. Because <laughs> that was also supposed to be like their honeymoon book, and it's yeah. just not. Yes, like, yes. And I, I will say though, like shockingly, like some of my favorite parts, like were the stuff on the ice planet. Yeah, and I think it's just because like we were getting some more plot introduced. Like I wish like the Halcyon section had been shorter, and it was like. Indoor, we're on the Halcyon, and then Ice Planet. Because, yeah. like, that to me is where it felt like, okay, like, I could see us returning to Han and Leia in this time period, and they're, like, building the New Republic. Like, I feel like that could happen. Yeah, they're like a duo on adventures. Also, well, with can tr- I say... With, with Chewie. Yeah, yes, exactly. Can, can I say, though? So, like, I, I read this, and, like, I teach science, right? This book was so sciencey for me I, specifically. Yes. Well, I was going to say like the themes of you know like the environment. Oh my god. Saving saving the planet. Like, like I have not pornographic any, for me. I was going to say have we read any you know like eco kind of Star Wars like that where it's like really about like environmental like I don't think so. Like, I mean, they've mentioned it before, and, like, we've known this about the Empire, like, because they even hint at it, like, a little bit in Solo with, like, any of the mining planets. Yeah, they Um, don't believe in climate change. Right, yeah. So, like, (laughs) the way they talk about, like, the core destabilizing, and even the fact that, like, this moon basically is, like, past the point of no return, like, these people are gonna have to leave, was a really big deal to me, and, like... Even them just, like, talking about, like, the technology, because, like, we're, like, really deep in, like, our physical science unit, and, like, everything was pretty accurate, so I was, like... They did their research. They did the She did her research. I was very into that. So, like, I would very much be into, like, anything talking more about, like, the, like, environmental impact. Yeah, the environmental impact, the geology... Like, they're talking about resources, and that is what drives a lot of wars, and that's what, like, impacts the environment so much. Like, I was very into that. That was for me specifically. (laughs) And then also just, like, the plot of them telling everyone that the war is over. Yeah. And then the real – and, like, they, like, truly believe the war is over until they find the Empire on this planet. Well, and the fact that, like, so many people also truly do not believe the war is over because they're, like – well, you say the Emperor's dead, but, like, whatever, you know? And, like, the people on this moon, like, obviously knew that the Empire was still there. So it's like, well, it's not over for us. Like, 
I would love to see that explored more. I would love to see Leia explore that more and Han. Meanwhile, Luke is just kind of hanging out, doing his own thing, chasing well, I mean, chasing is, down things. Luke was only at the beginning of the book. Yes, he was. Beginning, yeah, no yeah. Luke. Which I, I, I wasn't like, mad at. I was not mad. No, at. we've been getting too much Luke lately. Yes, like everything. I agree. I'm. <laughs> I'm still worried that he's gonna show up in the third season of The Mandalorian <laughs> or in Ahsoka like <laughs> yeah that's gonna happen we're gonna see him again <laughs> I would re- like I really really hope for the third season of Mandalorian that is like confined I like, hope it, it is, is about the Mandalorians it's it supposed to be Mandalore. about them it is about Mandalore well, and she mentions the cult. Like, she's talking about Death Watch. So, like, obviously we know because, like, now we're talking about Mando. But obviously we know, like, um, Bo-Katan doesn't subscribe to, like, the way because they take their helmets off all the time. So, like, I'm sure they all think it's stupid that he needs to do this redemption. And so I can see that yeah. being a point of, like, tension. And I hope that's where we stay. Yeah, because there was that quote about John Favreau talking about the redemption for Din. Yeah. And we kind of, like, red flags went up right away. But yeah. after seeing the trailer, I think maybe that is taken a little bit out of context. And I think that might be the story that Din thinks that he needs to go down. Like, yes. the path that he thinks that he needs to go down. And he learns that that's not the path that he should be going down. So I'm hoping that's a story because I'll eat that up. Like, I will be happy with that. Do you think by the end of the series, like, I, I don't know if they've said, like, if this is the last season or if we're getting another season. I think we're getting another season. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, because we were also convinced we were going to get, uh, like, three chapters, like, three books. And yeah. And we announced four, and we're like, oh. And we were like, why? Because I was about to say, like, do you think by the end of this season, like, because it would be the end of the series, in my mind, like, would he take off the helmet, like... Not necessarily, like, for good, but, like, become more yeah, relaxed in his religion. Protect- yeah, use it for protective, like, reasons, like Bokadon does. Well, like, because to me, it's, like, him removing his helmet allows him to be more human and less, yeah. like, Mandalorian, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, he could go back to his lovely lady on the planet who could shoot guns yes but anyway i miss her her. yeah so i actually have a question so with this like this is like we're seeing the end of the war but we're also seeing like this weird point in the war where like it's not really over i was also very aware of the fact that like cyana is like still floating around you know like remember she gets injured in the final battle yeah, yeah, she's on she's on Jakku. Um, and so like right after this, we're going back to the beginning of the war with Andor. So like how do you think it's gonna be to switch gears and go back to where it started? I think it'll be similar in a lot of ways because there'll be unrest. Yeah. And there'll be that more more power struggle because that's what happens that happens at the end of the war, like um, in the Mando timeline, you're seeing all is not right. And I think we're going to see um, a very similar thing in Andor because the Empire doesn't necessarily have the entire galaxy like strangled yet. Right. 
I'm I'm very excited, and especially since like Mon Mothma's in it again because she was in yeah. this very minimally. She's kind of like that through line for the new government for that opposition. So I think yeah. it's going to be interesting. Mom, Mothma, because she, I mean, she kind of acts like a mom for Leia. Yeah, she's like, she no, does. Leia, go have fun on your honeymoon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she's like begging her to stop working and yeah. go on a honeymoon. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, she also sends her on this cruise ship where she knows Leia's gonna have to, like, be a politician. Like... <laughs> yeah. She did not give Han any favors. Like No, she Han. really didn't. She really didn't. Does she dislike Han? That would be funny. That would actually be funny. I don't think so. I don't think so. Just, like, a petty dislike, you know? Not like I hate Han. Just, like, I'm gonna be petty and, like, make you have a bad time. So is there anything else about the princess and the scoundrel before we wrap it up? I don't think so. What would you rate this book? I gave it four on five. So did I. And I, I, also and gave I it agree four. with you. The weakness was the pacing. There were some pacing issues. But other than that, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, the highlight for me was the way Han was written. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely recommend this book. This book is getting the lipstick and lightsabers stamp of approval. Uh, But anyway, if you would like to keep the conversation going, if you want to talk more about anything at D23, want to talk more about anything with the Princess and Scoundrel, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.